0: Welcome to A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life, the accompanying podcast to Larry Ruttman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. Hi there, I'm Jordan Rich with a pretty easy task and a fun one at that. I pose questions to Larry and with that razor sharp memory of his and a great talent for storytelling, well, you just have to settle back and enjoy the ride. Today, Larry, let's talk about a gig. You've got an actual gig coming up, which means you got a job to do, and you're primed and pumped. It's a job that involves you sharing kind of like you share with me, only with students. What's the job, and where is it going to be?
1: Jordan, we've been talking uh, earlier about, uh, I think the last thing I said on the last podcast had to do with how lucky Lois and I are still, to be, are still living in the same house and still living the same life, even though we're now at... What would be called uh, old uh, people of old age, who are really old, whatever the expression is for that. And but and but as you say, I'm I'm inquisitive now. I have taught in my life, but um, I never I never thought of it as something that I would uh, want to do more than I do now. But uh, but I am very much attracted to uh, teaching now, and I've even added it to my uh, I've even added it to my site, LarryRutman.com. With two T's. do I've put forget. in... Hmm?
0: Two T's. Two T's. R-U-T-T-M-A-N. Yeah, right. That's why I just want to remind people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you made
0: fun of the way I spelled Mike, but your name is Rutman with two T's.
1: That's yeah, well, go to... Yeah, I mean, actually, I would say to people, if you want to find out a lot about me and the books I've written on the podcast and now teaching, which I've added to the top navigation menu... Um, is, um, uh, you know, go to that website because it has a lot of stuff on it that will really tell you all the things I'm doing. I look at it myself and I get confused because (laughs) there are so many, I can't remember what the hell I'm talking about. uh, But on this one, um, there is a place, uh, we have a house on Cape Cod that we go to for late spring, summer, fall. And uh, it's in, we, our house in Wellfleet, the next town up, uh, which is between Wellfleet and Provincetown, way out on the Cape, is Truro Center for the Arts. And uh, it's called... Uh, it's a place that uh, uh, is very well known. And mostly it's for manual arts, uh, like uh, uh, making um, uh, things out of ceramics mm-hmm. and all sorts of things like that. But they do have uh, something uh, on... Um, uh, where. We uh, literature is taught various things, so I suggested to them a course that I might teach on the art of writing memoir, and they they bought it, and we tried to do it last summer because COVID had certain restrictions, and not enough people applied, and I said to myself, I this has to be presented in a in a way that will attract people better than we did before. And I decided that the way to do it, and it was really lay right within my uh, my uh, hitting area. What's that expression in baseball? Wheelhouse. Yeah. It lay right. <laughs> right
0: around the letters for you, right there. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It lay right in my wheelhouse. And uh, that was to not only teach how to write memoir, but how that would relate to how a person lived their lives. And I put it this way in the course description— um, that the course would be interactive and instructive on the art of writing memoir, how the writing of memoir will illuminate the meaning of your own life, deepen your appreciation of what you have accomplished, and inspire to use them to follow a newly bright path to a never-before-dreamed-of future. And then I told them to record. Just bring an iPhone. You don't have to buy any books. I'll bring a few of my own. We'll We'll learn from those And you will learn the art uh, of the interview by doing them, and we'll have you draw up some samples of memoir. So I think that, um, and the staff over there is very excited about this, and I'm thinking to myself, if we do get, and you only need 10 or 12 people to form the course, and um, I'm thinking if we get the right number of people, I feel very confident that I can present a memorable course that will inspire people to look at their own lives differently.
0: You said something that's really important, and it is a little daunting for people to hear the word memoir and think, oh, my God, I have to be proficient in writing and composition and literary formation. You really don't. It's going to be something that they can treasure and use as a legacy. Am I right?
1: I think memoir can be written for your own family. That's not have to go right, further that. than that. Right. I mean, you know, you see on Henry Louis Gates, uh, you know, finding your roots. And a lot of times they have to, you know, go into a lot of things to be able to piece together the story of somebody who lived 100 years ago mm-hmm. or 150 years ago. But some of them did write down things. And in uh, if somebody writes a memoir, then that's going to live. The yeah. family will treasure that. And the people who come after— we we'll look at it.
0: Share with us, and this will be a great primer for the course, but share with us and share with me the kinds of things you learn by doing this project, this kind of project. You learned a lot because yours is a published book that we're talking about, but uh, you, you went into de- great detail and depth. What did you gain personally and spiritually and emotionally
1: from it? You know, Jordan, usually I don't dwell on the past because I'm really more interested in the present and the future. But of course, to write this memoir, I had to summon my memory. And as you pointed out just previously on the previous podcast, I think it was, that I'm able to color an ordinary event with other things that make it interesting. Mm-hmm. So not only did I have to recall all the stuff that went into this memoir my early life, my education, my service in the Air Force, my legal career, my writing career, people I've known, my mother, my father, my family. All of that. Um, I found that when I began to think about it, what happens, you know, and people used to say to me, you got to do a memoir. And I said, well, why? why you know, I've, I haven't done anything so exceptional. No, no, you're, you, you should write a memoir. OK, so finally I did write a memoir. I think what I discovered was that um, one's life, not just mine, yours, anybody's, is more interesting than they think it is. Because if they call up all the things that have happened and think of the ramifications of that, just as I was talking just now, I thought of one thing that we talked about previously, Miss Greenshields, my headmaster in oh, high yes, school, yes. that I didn't know very well in high school. But then I read the words she wrote to us in the, in the high school yearbook, and I didn't think much about them then, and that, but I read the words and I said, my God— this lady was really a committed teacher and she wanted great things from her students and i was so touched that tears came to my eyes and i began to and she was gone a few years she was gone by that time mm-hmm. and i said i never i never knew this woman she was a great woman those words weren't written by somebody an ordinary person yeah and um so that um so no, so Ms. Greenshields, even all those years later, the 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 understory or the – what do they call it? The backstory.
0: Backstory.
1: You know, yeah. Came to well, me.
0: Well, Larry, would you agree – and you don't have to, but I think you might – that when we're living our lives, particularly our work lives, our productive years, they are quote-unquote productive years. We're involved in the moment and we're not paying as much attention to what just happened in depth. When you write a memoir and you get into the researching of your own life, then you step back and you're almost uh, got a bird's eye view of everything. You realize there really was something there. There was something more there. That relationship, that uh, chance encounter or that course I took or the course I taught.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's great. It's a wonderful exercise. So you're, you're looking forward to this. With – you don't know who's going to be in the class, obviously, but it could be younger people. could be older people. Oh, yeah. You don't have to be as wise and as experienced as Larry to start the memoir, right?
1: No, I'll start (laughs) them. You know, I mean people, as you say, Jordan, they're afraid. Yeah. Uh, People are always afraid of writing things because because they say to themselves, um, nobody will like it. I can't write. They'll think I'm a dummy. You know, they'll say, who does that person think? And I never thought like that because you know me well enough to know that I have come to the age where I really don't care. They don't like it. Screw them. <laughs> uh,
0: you're a trained uh, – obviously a, a well-experienced attorney and you learn – I know from friends. You learn really how to write in law school. So many people do. There's a, there's a way to write that uh, uh, approaches the legal you know, needs of any project. That's good, solid, formatic writing. But tell me you the secret to your writing. Do you write a first draft and then polish, edit, polish, edit? Do you just uh, start with an outline? How did you work on the on this memoir, in fact?
1: Well, let's take the I, my writing style, lucky for me, is uh, to be very natural. now let, let's let's take I wrote the other day a, a story about you, Jordan, as you know. yes. Um, for entry, because we've become such good friends, for entry in my memoir, to add to my memoir. Don't forget, a memoir is always going on until the day you die because things keep happening. You can write it, publish it, but that doesn't mean that there won't be things happening that go into it. So writing that, so I had told myself for the last four or five days before I wrote it, I got to write something about Jordan, um, because uh, you know, as I said earlier, I became really super impressed when I started reading some of those 350 on mic things that you wrote. I said, "This guy, I, I know he's terrific, but he's even more terrific than I thought he was." <laughs> I'm blushing, please. <laughs> so, um, if you'll pardon my, you know, sure. So that uh, I think we got a sort of a mutual admiration society going on. I thought I'd write it. But I didn't know how I was going to begin it. I didn't know what I was going to say. Um, It was inchoate. Would you call
0: it stream of consciousness as you start? What happened
1: is I, I sat down. I opened up the pad. I put on the power. I got a page. And I said, how do I start this? And I started it by, I don't know how it, I didn't have anything on my mind. Then I asked everybody a question. You want to know why I love this guy? <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: in a, in a sense, uh, and, and please, I don't want to be all about me at all, but I want to talk about the style of writing. You do ask questions. That's your M.O. You've been a, a curious guy your whole life. So when you're writing, are you asking questions of yourself first and foremost? Why do I want to write about Miss Greenshields? Why do I want to?
1: Well, I don't want to write about anything that I don't think is worthy of— Yeah,
0: but you're you're asking yourself these questions to dig out the answers. I must
1: be, but to continue with yours, once I had written those words, I just started typing. Just flowed. And I didn't know what the whole thing was going to look like, but I just—that got me going. Usually that's what happens. The first sentence, and I'll just go from there. Don't know what I was going to write— One thing leads to another. I don't know what's going to be on the fifth line when I'm doing the third line. I don't know what's going to be on the eighth line when I'm doing the fifth line. I like it that way. It is a flow of consciousness. It is spontaneous. It is truthful. It's what's in me, in my head, my heart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just keep writing. And then um, I get to the end. Then what I do is I copy edit it. And I, I, the copy editing is two things, correcting the grammar so that it's okay, misspellings, things like that. Right. And the other thing is refining. First of all, the language I use is, is just me, you know, natural, mm-hmm. speaking. I don't have to fish around. I mean, a lot of people have writer's block. I never have writer's block. A lot of people take five drafts. I never— t- do more than one. The the first. If I do a second draft, I always think it's not as good as the first draft, um, and it's it's not because I've lost a few to the vagaries of the internet. Of you know, they erase it. Well, where did it go? And um, so that. Um, <laughs> so what happened? Done that. No, so, what happens is that as I refine it, I think of ways just to make it better and and. Better writing. I might add a few words. I might take a. I, I don't know. I just refine it um, with uh, you know a bit. I, I think I could use a better word there. I think I could. Right. I could add that thought there.
0: So do you, do you agree with me though about the law school training? Uh, you, no, because you don't? Uh, n-
1: not entirely. Because my law school. You know, I, I did get compliments on my legal style. Mm-hmm. I always, in one sense, I do agree. And that is that my legal style, legal style was never obfuscatory. I was always complimented on my briefs because they were not so lawyer-like that nobody knew
0: okay. what I was talking right. about. Okay. They
1: were always clear. And the other thing about legal training is that they should be logical. One thing should follow.
0: Sequential, That make, things that make sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's what I was getting to, Yeah. that, yeah. that element
1: of writing. Th- those elements are carried over into my yeah. Writing. But my writing is, uh, there's a word I'm looking for, or in my, uh, that, uh, you know, writing that, uh, it'll come to me.
0: Is it conversational, the way you would converse, uh, slightly more formal, but is that what you're trying to say?
1: Yeah, but I think it is. uh, I I think it is. I don't know but yeah. Because
0: I can hear you. I want it
1: to be like somebody is looking over my shoulder uh, if uh, if it's uh, an interview and, and feel as though I,
0: I mean, when I read your words, I can hear your voice, I mean, that that's what you want. Yes, of of the reader, you yes. want them to hear your vo- even if they don't know your voice, they will uh, understand who you are.
1: I want them to think of it as spoken to them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is a uh, this is exciting. This idea of getting up in front of uh, a group of new people, and you'll develop a bunch of friends that we'll probably talk about someday. And uh, will there be a final assignment? Will be there be a, a, a pop quiz at the end or a project?
1: Well, I think um, I, th- I haven't really thought that much about it, but I think what I would probably do is try and try and um, encourage them, even inspire them, to write a memoir of their own.
0: Even if it's not completed by the end of the course, they can start it. Oh, yeah, it. absolutely. Sure. Good.
1: Yeah. Good. Just, just, I would say get in touch with me. I'll talk. I'll, I'll talk to you any time.
0: Did Lois yet make ah, the, the Vernacular. Ah, the vernacular.
1: It's written in my own vernacular. Gotcha. Because a lot of people say to me, God, I'd know you're writing place And like you said, you could hear my voice when you read it.
0: Lois is going to have to come up with a motorboard for your head and a little nameplate that says Professor Rutman. I think she's working on that in the green room at this moment. Well, good luck with the course, and and sharing is what you'd love to do on this podcast. You'll be sharing it in the classroom. That's awesome. Thank you. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, if you go to LarryRutman.com, as I said, now in the navigation menu there's a there's a whole thing on writing.
0: Details can be found there.
1: Yeah, about the course and about and about Castle Hill, and it's a great place. Um, Truro is a wonderful town. You probably know it pretty well.
0: This has been a life lived backwards, one man's life. The accompanying podcast to Larry Rutman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. You can subscribe and download this podcast, available on all podcast platforms. For information on Larry, his books, lectures, and much more, visit the website LarryRutman.com. Also check out the extensive Larry Ruttman page on Wikipedia. This is Jordan Rich inviting you to join us again next time as Larry shares more stories about friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation on A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life.